Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a friend, a YPO member, and a top coach from the Philippines, Mr. Ahal Besorai. Ahal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashutosh. Really a uh, great pleasure. Thank you. Ahal is the founder of uh, Ahal Coaching, and he works with top performers. So Ahal, today let's talk coaching. Yeah, you are okay. a firm believer that at the highest levels of performance, even a small shift in perspective enables people to achieve goals which previously seemed impossible. Help me understand this belief with some examples or anecdotes. <clears throat> Right. So, I mean, if you look um, scientifically, you would find that there is probably 0.1% of difference between the uh, DNA structure between individuals, yet you see enormous difference in performance between, let's say, someone like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, mm. uh, Bill Gates, uh, and the like, and, you know, less... Uh, and, you know, for me, as someone who really researched this area and worked with this type of people, you know, it's really the extra thing that they have. And, you know, as a coach, you know, this is basically what you try to affect in people. So I'll give you an example. So I was working with this guy, obviously we don't mention names, you know, he wants to become a billionaire and he's mm -hmm. on the way to be, become a billionaire and he mm -hmm. will be a billionaire. And his ethos when he came to me in life is we need to crush everyone. You know, so from childhood, is. Mm -hmm approach to doing business, we need to crush okay. the competition, crush everybody and be first. And this got him, let's say, to 200 million. Mm. Now he wants to go from 200 million to 1 billion. Mm. And, you know, he feels stuck and he doesn't understand why. He's, what worked for him, he tries again. And then you, through talking to him, not through me giving him advice, not through some insight that I impose on him, but through discussing it with him and you know, having him having the insight, mm -hmm. he suddenly realized that maybe there needs to be a shift from crushing to cooperation. Okay. And, you know, then once this happens and it happens to him through himself, mm -hmm. suddenly it opens a whole range of possibilities that I believe and I think he believes and he can now shows that will take him to the next stage, you know, from the 200 million oh, to the... So, you know, this is one episode. Another uh, thing, you know, which is maybe a bit different, you know, so there is this person that I'm working with, very high achiever, but everything that he does, he does out of what he called obligation. Mm. He feels he's obliged to do, to do this, he's obliged to play with, even with the children. So this is like an obligation. I need to do it two hours a day, and then I feel I've done it. And, you know, and then you through discussion, suddenly he thinks, I can approach this same activity, but from a place of privilege. So I play with my kids, not because I'm obliged, because I'm the father and I need to allocate two hours to play with them, mm -hmm. but it's a privilege for me. And then, you know, everything shifts mm -hmm. in the way he interacts with his kids, in his enjoyment from his children, etc. You know, so it's these small shifts that sometimes people have, you know, mm -hmm. through working with me or with other coaches, you know, that enable them suddenly to have a new insight. And as from out of this new insight, new actions, and out of these new actions, new results that they can achieve in their life. And this is the beauty of, of coaching. Fascinating. 
fascinating. So what made you become a coach? Right, so I'm in, this is a very good question, Ash. Mm -hmm. Ash so, you know, I'm in this stage in my life that I feel I need to give back, mm -hmm. you know, and giving back can be, can have many forms, you know, right. I can give money, which I do, I can do this, and, I, and you know, I felt that giving of myself, my time, you know, my, I don't know, myself, mm -hmm. back is what gives me fulfillment, satisfaction, and I don't need people to come and tell me, oh, aha, you change our lives. This is not what it's about. It's just okay. for me to see it in the eyes of the person that I'm working with. And that's for me is enough. And, mm -hmm. you know, so now I'm on a quest of giving back and on, on a quest, you know, that I want to do things that really keep me as an individual happy and content and not to do things because other people think I should do them or because society thinks I should do them. Mm -hmm. Uh, etc. And, and, and you know, for me, this is the, if you like, the road to happiness. Mm, wonderful. So, you know, I was thinking when I was growing up in the corporate world, I'm talking of the early 80s. Five years ago. Five years ago, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, when I was growing up, it coaching or mentoring was done either by a family elder or by a senior boss who decided to take a liking for you. What has changed in the last so many years that now coaching is uh, something that people are willing to pay for? Um, so two things here. You know, first I want to uh, distinguish between mentoring and coaching. Okay. okay there is a, a distinction. What I think you describe is more mentoring than coaching. You know, so I take you, you are my protege. I like you, you are clever. Uh, I, you are the elder in the family. You are the successor, a parent, and I want to build you up. And this is, I show you what to do. It's not okay. me through discussion. You see yourself what needs to be done, what shifts needs to be done in your case. But, you know, I guide you to where I, mm. as your mentor, want you to be together with you to achieve your goals, etc. Mm. Coaching is more of a relationship and a partnership between two people. One is the coach and one, and through discussion, there are certain realizations that the coachee or the client mm -hmm. uh, get to, to achieve. And I think what people now realize, they realize that there are so many um, instances in which you don't get to the level of performance, if we talk about the corporate world, mm -hmm. you don't get to the level of performance that you can get to because you are stuck, because you still think that what you do with your children is an obligation and not a privilege, because you still think you need to crush the competition mm -hmm. and not cooperate, you see? And, and it's like, you know, like Netflix, you know, when blockbusters come to Netflix and says, when Netflix come to blockbusters and says, you know, let's do some rental online, etc. Mm -hmm. Blockbuster couldn't see it because sometimes you cannot see things from within yourself. And mm -hmm. the coach basically puts a mirror to you and says, Ashtush, look at this. Is this you? Is this what you want to be? Is this, does this serve you? Mm -hmm. And then you look and you say, you know what? Maybe not. And then... Okay, what can be changed? What can shift? Mm. And you know, it's you answer the question, not me. You see, and this is why, you know, it, it enables people to really perform in a better way and in a more from a from a core, you know, from their core, not from external influences. And then the performance is by far stronger, by far with more conviction, 
uh, etc. Interesting. So my next question to you is, who should look for a coach? For me, everybody, okay? Because I know, because I've done a lot of coaching myself in this process, and I think it it helps you just become a better human being, just become even a better father, a better partner, a better uh, leader. You know, here, obviously, we talk about it in the context of being a leader, being a performer, taking companies uh, to the next level, etc. But, you know, there are other aspects in life, you know, that coaching can help with. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, everyone... And in particular, people who want to do something which at the moment, at the moment they think is impossible. Mm. You know, so Nokia, for instance, if when they were stuck with this phone, with the SMS, had the coach tell them, look, you know, the next thing is iPhone. You understand? But they cannot see it from themselves. They cannot understand that iPhone, you know, they are so full of themselves. They are so, and you know, and then the, the small shift to see something different, which you cannot see yourself or Fujifilm, you know, when the SLR cameras came, you know, you cannot see it from yourself because you are so caught up in what you do and how you do it. And you have been so successful in what you've done. So you cannot, just cannot see it, even if it's under your nose. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, in this small shift of scenes, maybe there is something else around the corner that we should look at, be ready for. And then from this, all the actions that come, maybe Nokia would today still be number one mobile phone, maybe Blockbuster will be number one, <laughs> you know, video right. or uh, cinema company, etc. but they are not. Hmm. Very interesting. And uh, when you get into a, a coachy coach relationship, how long is this relationship for? So it depends, you know, so I have people that I work with on a, on a weekly basis mm -hmm. for years. I have people that I work with on um, a two weekly basis. Uh, normally what I recommend, you know, is between six to eight one hour sessions. Okay. Okay. Every, every fortnight, mm -hmm. because normally this is what gets you to the new realization and set you on a path mm -hmm. to where you want to, to the next level into which you want to, to get right. or into this impossible task mm -hmm. that you so yearned to, to, to achieve, but didn't have maybe the tools mm. uh, to do so. And then, you know, after that, maybe, you know, you can do one every quarter, one every month, you know, just to catch up. And then, you know, also you can phase out of the relationship and just, you know, continue on your own. And then in a blue moon, you can pick up the call and says, ah, you know, look, I'm again in this situation. Can we have another, you, you know, something like this, but there are no, no rules. It depends of, of, of where you are, what you want, etc. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, you work with a lot of high performers. What do you look for before you accept a coaching? That's a good question. You know, so I would not work with anyone. Okay. So really for me, it's not for the money, you know, I really want to help sure. uh, ultimately. Um, and I think it's someone which I can feel generally that I can make an impact mm -hmm. in, in, in the life. So if someone comes to me, you know, like this, you know, you see how I'm sitting, you know, and, and say, yes, no, <laughs> there's no openness, you know, to, 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 to even look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, then obviously I cannot uh, help them. And, you know, they will just be wasting mm. the time with me. 
you know, I will charge the money or whatever. And then at the end of the day, we'll still sit like this. You know, although sometimes, you know, even if someone comes like this, it's okay right. if I can see mm. that there is a possibility because I love people like this, you see, because the impact that you make on them is so much greater, you see, mm. because they come so conditioned. And then, you know, small change, suddenly they just will sit like this. And then suddenly, you, you know, so many possibilities will come, you know, right. so I love it. But, you know, I just need to see willingness mm. on their part, you know, to engage to a, a, a certain degree. Very interesting. And the converse of the question, how do I, how does a coachee decide that I have a good coach? Okay, so there are here several uh, things, you know, because I know, you know, if you cannot measure it, you cannot uh, value it, right? So if it's in the in the corporate context, let's say you work with the CEO, etc., what we what can be done is, you know, to have a discussion with the stakeholders, employees, board, <laughs> uh, you know, direct uh, reports, etc. See what how they score the person now, and then how they score him, let's say after six sessions. And then you can gauge whether there is some sort of transformation, suddenly a bit more empathy, uh, better, you know, uh, decisiveness in decision making or, or, or whatever they want to achieve. So this is more easy. If it's an individual, you don't need to measure. The person will tell you, mm. you know, you feel it. You know, it's like you had uh, some sort of a tumor or something or and you removed it and suddenly it's such a relief. You had a weight, let's say, on your back mm -hmm. and I take it off, you know, and then suddenly it's such a relief, you know, and you, you, the person will feel it, the surrounding will feel it, his wife, if he has one, or his partner would feel it. It's, you, you know, it's, it's a very holistic sort of a thing. So here it's obvious, even in the corporate environment, it's mm -hmm. obvious, but I know some corporates want to measure and want to be able to, to know what is the impact. So it's, you can do it with an individual to go and interview his wife and children. It's not really, I don't think appropriate. Hmm. Very interesting. So one more question, and this relates to the people who are going to, who are inheriting the world from all of us who messed it up, the millennials and the Gen Z's. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, they have an amazing outlook to life. And they're, they're really, I mean, I'm, they've got, they're, they're an amazing group of young people. Amazing. My question I, to you. I have two boys who are millennials, so I know. Okay, so do I. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. and I know yes. how clear they are and how sometimes they've got very diverse views from mine. But uh, my question to you is that how are organizations preparing to manage young people? people who have very different aspirations from people like me uh, and uh, who are also much more direct in uh, their communication. Yeah. So I think it's an excellent question. And I think organizations do need to cater for, for this, you know, because they are the new, new generation of workforce, you know, that you will need to engage some way or another. Um, so for me, it's really to just be open to the possibility, first and foremost, that there is something else, okay, that there are other things maybe than profits that are important, like impact, like the environment, mm -hmm. like what we eat, how we behave, standards of, uh, of uh, you know, standards of behavior, standard of, of existence. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this sometimes requires a shift in the organizational uh, 
thinking. Like mm -hmm. a, you, a person needs a shift, the organization needs a shift. Usually it starts from the CEO, from the board, and then it filters down. Uh, but, you know, organization need to have these internal discussions. Maybe they take a coach to help them with this discussion, but they need to realize that there is here some different phenomenon. Don't fight with it. Don't try to make them mm -hmm. into what they are not and convert them into this machine, money-making machines. It's all about quarterly performance, etc. because they come with a much, much richer uh, baggage, you know, mm -hmm. that looks at things in a more holistic sort of way. Mm -hmm. Not like this, but like this, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want to be vegan. Yeah, why do uh, uh, we are cruel to animals? Why do, you know, things that when I was uh, 20, I never, it never crossed my mind, you know, because I was so busy, you know, making it and... Uh, you know, you just have to be open-minded to, 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 to this new phenomenon okay. and be able to accept it and find, curve, carve a certain uh, place in your organization to accommodate. And, you know, for me, it also, if you do that, also it will benefit you because now, for instance, impact is a very, very big thing, not just for you as a company, not for, just for us, as people who live in it on this earth, but right. also for investors. You know, investors now look at what is the impact that you are making as a criteria to whether to invest or not. And if you bring these kids and they then shift you into this direction, mm -hmm. you become more investable as a company. You know, so it's a win-win situation. You just have to accept it and not resist. Wonderful. So I'll, I'm going to now move to the next segment. Uh, a lot of our viewers and listeners like to get to know my guest a little more. Absolutely. So my first question to you is that, you know, in, in a long career, successful career, where now you're giving back, what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points? <laughs> Ooh, that's a very big one. Um, I think first my uh, bringing up, you know, so I was brought up on a kibbutz in Israel. It's very, very, very different to yep. anything that anybody else. Uh, so this, I think, uh, molded me in some sort of way, you know, because I was put in a children's house for three months. So you're very independent, you know, you don't bond with your mom, which has then other issues. Uh, so I think this is the first one big thing, you know, that actually molded me because, you know, most of the molding as an individual happened between zero to six. And after this, it's small shifts, you know, that has big impacts, but they're small. Um, then, I would say getting into Cambridge University mm. with you know my very humble background. I don't have A levels or matriculation or anything, and you know I accepted to read law. I even got the scholarship. So you know, for me, this was a very big uh, achievement. You know, from mm -hmm. the keyboards to this, I could couldn't I speak agree. English. I had to record the, all the lecture. It was more than just getting in. You know, it's then also surviving it, mm -hmm. you know, because I really couldn't understand anything at the beginning. I had to right. record the lecture, listen to them five times, mm -hmm. you know, so this I think is the is second one. And then I think the third one, which is maybe a negative one, you know, it's my divorce, you know, in 2005, I, I divorced, although mm -hmm. it was um, uh, not too much of a fight, you know, it was maybe mutually agreed, but still it had an enormous impact on myself and, you know, in a way, introspective impact on myself. You know, when I was starting to look about who I am, what actually makes me happy, uh, and, you know, this journey to, to giving back started there. So I think this, I mean, there are many more, but I think these are the three, if you talk about me personally. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, thank you for sharing uh, these. 
So moving on, uh, what are some of the core values you believe in? Um, I think first and foremost is to be reliable. You know, mm. so when you say something, you know, you deliver it. So I mm. think this is for me key. Um, and this comes from another thing in my in my background, you know, which is a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. I was combat fighter and an officer, and there it's all about uh, trustworthiness and mm -hmm. deliverables. You know, so there is no failure. It's mm -hmm. either success or stories. And here okay. we are, we only care about success. So I think this is, for me, it's the first one, you know, to be trustworthy mm -hmm. uh, and reliable. And then through the years, and it took time, it's not something that I was born with, is to develop empathy, okay. you know, and to care about why are you like this? Why you do this? And it's care in a way mixed with curiosity. Mm. You know, I'm genuinely curious. Why do this one is like this? And mm. this one is doing this? And this one is doing this? And you know, it's, I think this is what maybe mm. enabled me to coach and make mm. a difference in people's life. You know, is this curiosity that I genuinely interested in, mm. in this, you know, so I think it's this, it's, First, it's reliability, and you know, really, if you say something, you do it. Uh, second is empathy, you know, to friends, to family, to your, Wonderful. you know, best other, and and uh, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I have time for two more questions. Okay, please. My my next question is on failure, um, mm -hmm. and I've often said that you know, parents in Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail. You're always told, go come first in class, go to the head of the line, etc. And yet we fail, we learn. So my question to you, Ahal, is what have been your learnings from your mistakes? Um, so first, I think you can never be fully successful mm -hmm. if you don't fail. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I tell my children, go first, fail. Don't be successful. Go fail mm. one, twice, three times. Only then yeah. will be in a position to be successful. Mm. You know, so fail. To get this failure out of the system first. Mm. Uh, so I think this is the first thing. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's the key to failure is that you need to fail graciously. Mm. You see, so you fail, but when you fail, it's not the end of the world. You mm. see, the problem with the Asian or what you just described is that because failure is such a stigma, it's such a negative thing, mm. and it's unavoidable. There is mm. no single person in the world that does never fail. Mm -hmm. And then when you fail, you know, as let's say an Asian boy or a girl, it's mm. the end of the world. Mm. And you hide it and you don't talk about it because okay. what my father was thinking. And then the consequences of a small failure, which mm. it's insignificant okay. in your chart mm. to where you want to, to get, become such an enormous thing that you can or very difficult to recover from so you know you need to fail graciously you have to understand that failure is part of success and and just uh, and you know i would wish that parents would also sit in such a way mm. and yes you need to push your kid to be good at school and yes you need to uh, but also teach them that failure is part of being the best mm. very well said my last question to Ahal, uh, then this is for the many, many young people who will listen to our conversation. What would your advice be to a young individual starting off on her or his journey in the corporate world? 
take a deep breath. Put your shoulders down, first relax, you know? You are entering into a, a long journey. Life is many days. It's not just from here to there, you know? Take it in this sort of thing. You know, I, I use the, 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 the uh, glass lift analogy, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you're on the, on, the, on the ground floor and you look around, everything looks so significant and so threatening, you know, go to the 20th floor mm. and look down. And then suddenly, you know, everything looks, you know, insignificant. So, you know, just have this capability, you know, to not take everything that happens like it's the end of the world, you know? Be willing to understand that you will fail, that you will disappoint, uh, and just accept it as on the same par, you know, equanimity, you know? Be equ use equanimity to failure as you do to success. Um, and, you know, just be true to your core values. I think this is also very, very important. If you believe in something, be true to it, you know? And if the corporation does something that is not in your core values, my advice, Try to stick to your core values because they are with you for the rest of your life. When you are 80, they are still with you. Maybe this cooperation that you work when you were 20 is not in existence anymore. You know, so I think this, um, and you know, just be resilient, be, you know, be the wonderful person that you are, you know, mm -hmm. and bring it to, to whatever you do. Very interesting. Ahal, on that note of taking a deep breath and looking at the life ahead, <laughs> not panicking. Thank you again for being with me, for sharing so much of your wonderful knowledge and for talking to me so much about coaching. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you so, so much. I really, really am so grateful to, for you to invite me. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.